We are in Psalm 55 tonight. Psalm 55. We probably will not make it all the way through this psalm, but we'll, I don't even know how far we'll make it. We'll make it as far as we get, though. Psalm 55. This is a psalm of David. And the superscription to this psalm says, For the choir director with stringed instruments, a Davidic mascal. Now, we don't have much detail there other than it's a psalm of David. Uh, that was something that was probably sung by God's people, but we don't know the details about what was taking place when David wrote this. So uh, we have to just kind of uh, use our imaginations or, or take a guess might be a better way to, to put it as to what David may have been going through in his life. Now, we've talked about over the last few weeks, looking at other psalms, different situations that were big parts of David David's life. A couple of them were really big parts of David's life. One was his uh, adultery with Bathsheba, and the other uh, was when Saul was trying to kill him. And then there was yet another when David's own son, Absalom, was trying to overthrow David and uh, become ruler of, of, of the kingdom. And so... Those three events are pretty major events in David's life. And some of these psalms we see, uh, we can kind of tell that they apply to one of those events. And sometimes even the superscription will tell us that that's the event surrounding the psalm. This particular psalm, we don't know. Uh, it, is, it is possible, uh, and it seems to me that it's a good fit, that this particular psalm may have been written at the time that David's son Absalom was trying to overthrow him, that Absalom was trying to divide the kingdom and, and to split those supporters who were supporters of David, and Absalom was trying to turn them against David uh, and, and get David out of town. And that's exactly what happened. Absalom did take a lot of David's closest advisors and friends, and they turned on David, and they sided with Absalom. And David had to had to flee, and uh, that was a difficult time for David. And uh, it seems like that this that that situation is a good fit for when this psalm may have been written based on some of the language. But uh, we don't really know. We don't know what was going on in David's life, and it doesn't matter too much because the words of David are true to us. And some of these things that we see uh, in this psalm are, are, are repetitive. Uh, the same type of language and things that we've seen in a few of these other psalms we've looked at over the last few weeks. But even though some of the language is the same, uh, very similar, uh, there are still little, little nuggets tucked away in these psalms that are different, little pieces that even though a lot of it may be the same, there are some little things that we can pick up here and there that are good for us. And so we may see some kind of repetitive ideas that we've already seen over the last few weeks in these verses tonight, uh, but they are still good for us. Uh, we may be tempted to think, man, this is what David has said before. This is how he has started his prayer before. Uh, but, but really, when we look at how David starts his prayers, they probably aren't too different from how we may often start ours. So let's pray, and then we'll look at a few of these verses. God, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for your word. And I pray, God, that you would let your Holy Spirit speak to us through your word and Hide me behind the cross that I would preach and teach your word in a way that's going to bring glory to you, that we would learn from it. And God, I pray that you just give me the words to say tonight and uh, let, us, let us grow in you in these few minutes. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. All right, verse, verses 1 and 2. God, listen to my prayer and do not ignore my plea for help. Pay attention to me and answer me. 
I am restless and in turmoil with my complaint. Now, David's prayer here might be similar to what our prayers are. We may not use those exact words, but many times when we pray, it's probably a, a, a prayer for help, a prayer for deliverance of some sort. God, help me. God, listen to me. God, I call out to you. God, I need your strength. God, I need your help. God, I need your forgiveness. God, I need your deliverance. Now, David says that quite often in a lot of these psalms that we look at, and uh, he says it often, and it's probable that we say it often too. It's not that every prayer we pray is, oh God, help me, but there are probably more prayers we pray uh, for God's help maybe than anything else, or maybe that's not the case. Maybe more of your prayers are praising the Lord. I don't know what your prayer life is, but at least some of our prayers, if not a lot of our prayers, are probably prayers for God, I need help. And that's what David's prayer was here. And so he says, God, pay attention to me in the midst of my turmoil. There is rest restlessness in my life. There are struggles in my life. There is strife in my life. There are difficulties in my life. And God, I need you to help me. And the same is true for us, regardless of what David was going through, it doesn't matter, really, because we can look at these words and say, okay, these words apply to me, because guess what? There are times in, in all of our lives where we struggle, where we are up against hard times, where there is stress in our life, where there is temptation in our life, where there is sin in our life, where there are enemies in our life. Whatever it may be, we can relate to David and that there are seasons in our life where we feel like we are restless, where we feel like we are under attack, where we feel like we cannot catch our breath, where we feel like we are weak and we cannot go on any further. But praise the Lord, when we are weak, he is strong. God is strong for us. That's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, I believe it is, where Paul prayed to the Lord three times with some thorn in the flesh that he had. Now, it probably wasn't literally a thorn in his flesh, but there was some difficulty he was experiencing. And he said, God, I pray that you would remove this from me. And three times he prayed that, and God didn't remove it from him, but he said, uh, my grace is sufficient for power is perfected in weakness, because it's in our weakness that we call out to the Lord. That's what grows our faith. And that's what David is doing here. It's in his, in his time of weakness, in his time where he feels that he can't uh, go on against his enemies, where he can't get rest. He can't, he can't find any victory because his enemies are so heavy on him. He's saying, God, help me. And that may, be, uh, may very well need to be what our prayer is. So well, we see that he's calling to the Lord for help, but why is he calling to the Lord for help? Well, in verse 3, he tells us that. He says, because of the enemy's voice, because of the pressure of the wicked, for they bring down disaster on me and harass me in anger. So David's problem here is he has an enemy. Now, we don't know who that enemy is. Perhaps this is the time that Absalom and those who are following Absalom are against David. Perhaps there's another instance in his life. Maybe it's when Saul is after him. We really don't know, but we know that there is some enemy that is coming against David, that is harassing David, that is bringing down all kind of disaster and just pressure on David. It's a wicked person. And David says, look, my enemy is upon me. That's why I am feeling this pressure that I am under. Now, we don't know who David's enemy is, but again, it doesn't matter to us because we all have our own 
enemies. Now, in David's case, he's probably speaking of a physical, real, literal enemy that he is up against. Uh, and we may have real enemies that we are up against. Maybe, uh, maybe in our own personal lives, there are people who are really your enemy. They, want, they are out to get you. They want to see you fail. There are those kinds of people in this world. Michelle and I have been watching the old TV show Dallas in the last few months, and that's what J.R. is. He is a villain. He is an enemy. Anybody that crosses his path that he doesn't like, his job, his main goal, his main focus is, is to completely destroy them. That's what enemies do. Uh, if you have an enemy, that's what they do. If someone is your enemy, then guess what? Oftentimes, we, we, we want to try to, uh, 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 or we wish harm to come on them. We may even bring harm to come on them. That's what an enemy is. An enemy is somebody that you are taking some kind of action against, that you are trying to destroy them, that you are trying to harm them. And that's what was happening to David. There were people who were trying to destroy him. Now, we may have enemies that come against us, and there's nothing we can really do about that. We can't magically just make people not be our enemy. There are some people who will hate us even if we have done nothing wrong. We can't make people not uh, be an enemy to us, but we must strive not to be an enemy to other people. That is within our control. Uh, when we do have enemies that come against us, Jesus tells us to pray for those enemies. He tells us to love our enemies. He does not tell us to become an enemy in return. If someone uh, brings uh, something against you, then you try to get them back. You try to destroy them. That is not what Jesus calls us to do. And so we may have enemies that come against us, but we should always make sure that we are never uh, viewing other people as our enemy in a way that we are wanting to get back to the, at them. Now, whether it's a physical enemy that comes against us or whether it's uh, our enemy, the devil, who is always tempting us, he is a great tempter. He is, he is a great uh, condemner. He is always condemning us, uh, making us feel as though we are worthless. He is always bringing up our past sins. He is always tempting us with new sins. Uh, he is always at work, and he is our enemy because he is always trying to destroy us. He does not want us to have peace. He does not want us to have joy. He does not want us to have rest in the Lord. He wants us to be miserable. And so Satan, our greatest enemy, his job is to keep us miserable, is to destroy us, is to destroy our life and our soul so that we will not one day spend an eternity with the Lord, but that we will live our life in sin, be overcome by sin, and never experience eternal life in Jesus Christ. Satan is our greatest enemy, and that's what his goal is. He is desiring to destroy us. So whatever our enemy may be, whether it's a physical enemy that we're going to see tomorrow or, or, or just our, our, our enemy in Satan who's bringing these temptations and things against us, we all have enemies that we face who are seeking to destroy us. And so we can relate to what David is saying here. Even if we don't know what his situation was, we know what it's like to be in battle against an enemy because we have probably all, uh, we either have been or will be uh, in battle against an enemy at some point in time in our life. In verse 4, he says, My heart shudders within me, tears of death sweep over me, fear and trembling grip me. 
horror has overwhelmed me. Now, David is, is fearful here. He is, he is shuddering. The fear of death is before him, it says. The terrors of death sweep over him. He is, he is overwhelmed by the horror of, of the situation and the enemies who are coming against him. He knows that, boy, death could be, could be before him. His enemies could overtake him. This is how, how dire his situation had become. And uh, there's something about when, when, when we feel that, that death is a real possibility, that, that, that we feel that death could come soon, or even in some cases, we may be assured that death is coming soon. There are some things that we experience, perhaps as we get older or uh, different kind of diseases and cancers that come. There, is, there are times in our life that it's almost a certainty that death is going to come. And when we know that death is drawing near, boy, it really, it really makes us think about our life. It really makes us call out to the Lord. It really brings a, a fear to a lot of people, even good, strong Christian people. Boy, when death is right around the corner, it's amazing how much it will cause you to really step back and take a look at your life and say, whoa, I'm just going to have to stand before God. And you realize your life is short. And when you know that your life is short, there is a certain fear that is there. There is a certain uh, horror that is there as David is feeling. We kind of shudder inside. There's, there's just an, an, un, an uneasy uh, feeling. And perhaps you know people who have felt that feeling. Perhaps you have uh, faced death before or been in a situation where you thought your life could end. And it's very scary. Oftentimes what we find ourselves doing in that time is praying a little harder, taking our relationship with the Lord a little more serious, uh, saying, okay, God, I need you now. Would you be with me now? Would you deliver me now? And that's exactly what David's doing here. He is in the midst of a hard situation where his enemies are against him, and he knows that death could be right around the corner. So what is he doing in the midst of his fear? Well, he is calling out to the Lord. I heard, and I can't believe this is so weird that I'm fixing to say this, but but I'm going to tell you something that Kanye West said that is that is pretty solid. And I, if you just said five years ago, I'm going to tell you something uh, about Christianity that Kanye West said that's solid, I would have said you were crazy. But what he said a few weeks ago on a podcast, he he was asked about fear. What did he fear? And he says he said, "Look, I don't fear anything." because I fear God. Because I fear God, there is nothing that I have to fear. And that was pretty simple, but I said, man, that's solid. Like he's got it figured out, right? You know, he's, he's a guy whose life's been transformed. He hadn't been a Christian for long, but man, he's got it. He said, look, I don't fear anything because I fear God. And because I fear God, there is nothing to fear. Now, that's not to say that we won't have some fears in our life, but when we do have fears, our fears will draw us to the Lord. And that's what's going on in David's life. He had fears here, but his fears are drawing him to the Lord. They're drawing him to trust in the Lord. Now, we might not get that if we were to stop right there at that verse. We'd say, man, David's really giving in to his fears. But as we read through the psalm, we see that, nope, even though David is in the midst of the fear, He's not allowing the fear to overcome him. 
but instead he's praising the Lord all the more. He's doing really what, what, what Jesus commanded in the New Testament when Jesus said, look, don't fear the one who's able to destroy the body, but fear the one who is able to throw the body and the soul into Gehenna. Now, he was referring to the Lord there. Don't worry about what man can do to you, but you fear the Lord. That's why we see that verse that I quote all the time from Proverbs. Multiple times it's in there. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's kind of what Kanye West was saying in a, in a certain way. And that's what David is showing us here in these verses. Yes, he is, he, is, he is fearing these enemies, but he is trusting in the Lord, and his fear is drawing him closer and closer to the Lord. He says in verse 6, I said, if I only had wings like a dove, I would fly away and find rest. How far away I would flee. I would stay in the wilderness. Selah. So what is David's desire in the midst of his struggles when everything is crashing down on him and he feels the fear, he feels the stress, he feels his enemies coming against him? He says, I wish I could just fly away and leave it all. I wish I could just go into the wilderness. Now, we may not use that exact language that we wish we were like a dove, but we've probably experienced that same desire that David has experienced. When we feel that our life is stressed and hectic and things are going difficult, there are probably days that we say, I just want to get away. I just want to get on a plane and I want to fly somewhere else. I just want to move into the wilderness. We use this kind of language. We might not use the same language that David did, but we have the same desire that David has sometimes. We want to just escape it all and get away. My grandma used to say the same thing and, 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 and maybe not the same language that David did, but sometimes she would say, I guess I'll just go in the woods and eat worms. Well, that's kind of the same way. I'm going into the wilderness. I'm getting away from all this. I'm tired of all this. I tell Michelle sometimes, I said, man, you know what? It, it seems like it, it'd be kind of good just to move out like to Montana in the middle of the wild and just live off the land. Now, I don't know if it'd be good or not, but, but I say that same thing when I think about all the hecticness of life. So that, that desire that David has is a desire that perhaps all of us had. And we may, we may express that in a different language than David did, but that desire is there, right? Because we want to escape our hard times. We want to escape our troubles. And sometimes our troubles are so hard, we say it would be better to go out in the middle of the woods and the wilderness and be alone than to be in the midst of of our troubles, and we have probably all felt that way at some point in time. But what we can learn, we'll stop there for tonight, and we'll continue on next Wednesday, Lord willing. But as we read through this psalm, we can learn from David, and we can relate to David, because as we've looked at these few verses tonight, we can probably see areas in our life that say, yep, I know where David's coming from. I get that. I feel that. I experience that. I want that escape. And maybe sometimes there are times we need to escape to the wilderness, so to speak. Maybe there are other times where that escape is not possible, where our enemy is still pressing down on us, where that fear is before us. But spoiler alert, David's fear leads him to God. He trusts in the Lord all the more. He calls out to the Lord all the more. He knows that God will deliver him from his enemies and from his circumstances and God will deliver us too. 
Sometimes he delivers us out of our problems in this world, and sometimes he delivers us from our problems by taking us out of this world. Ever how God chooses to deliver us, he is always going to deliver us. And David recognized that truth, and we need to recognize that truth too. So whether you're in a, in a difficult season in life right now, or whether there's one coming in the future for you, remember these words that David uttered, and remember that no matter how bad your situation may be, call out to the Lord and he will hear you. The Lord is near those who call out to him. And when we call out to the Lord, he is near to us. So call out to the Lord if you hadn't called out to him. Maybe you're in a situation now or maybe in the future, but follow David's example and know that when you call out, God will deliver you. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these good verses tonight. And I pray that you would just Bless them, that you would help us to tuck them away in our heart, that when the time comes that we need to recall the truth of your word, whether it's these verses or whether it's others, God, that you would just bring them to our heart and bring them to our mind, that we would live by them, that we would find correction in them, comfort in them, guidance in them, encouragement in them. God, whatever we need, let us find it in your word. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.